Hey all, welcome to Beyond Consulting, the podcast dedicated to helping listeners navigate a career after consulting. I'm Stephen Haug, host of Beyond Consulting and director at ECA Partners. Each week on the podcast, we host folks who have spent some time in consulting, but have since made a pivot or a career change. Before we get started, I want to thank ECA Partners for sponsoring Beyond Consulting. ECA is an executive search and on-demand consulting firm specializing in former consultants in private equity. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking with Rithu Marther, Vice President of Marketing at Amy's Kitchen and former consultant at Arthur Anderson and Huron Consulting Group. Rithu, welcome to Beyond Consulting. Thank you so much for having me. Well, let's go back to the beginning there. As I mentioned, you started your career at Arthur Anderson. Do you mind starting us there and taking us through your career? Sure. I started at Arthur Anderson straight out of undergrad, and really my thinking was I didn't really know what I wanted to do after I graduated undergrad and felt like consulting was a great way to learn about different industries and just learn about the business world in general. It was a great experience. As you mentioned, I did go to Huron Consulting as well with a few of the partners from Arthur Anderson, so got a flavor from a couple of different companies in the consulting world. And while I felt like my skill set was really growing and I learned a lot, I always kind of just felt like there was something missing. There was The work I did was very analytical, Excel-based, database work, which was great skills to learn. But for me, I felt like the creative energy and kind of really owning a business or the vision for a business from start to finish was not something I was able to do through consulting. So I started to think about what else I might want to do and had the opportunity to be part of a women's leadership group in San Francisco where they had a mentorship program. And the mentor that I was matched to was a brand manager. And I'd never heard of this world before brand management, you know, I peppered her with lots of questions to learn about what she did. And as she would talk about this world of brand management and marketing, it just, for me, was this aha moment. I just felt like this was exactly the kind of work I wanted to do. It was still analytical and I could kind of flex those muscles, but I got to really own a business and a brand and also do a lot of the creative thinking and innovation and marketing and advertising as well. And so I kind of felt like this was what I wanted to do, which was a really great feeling to know that this was something that I had found that I could go pursue, but I didn't know how to go about pursuing it. And so I used to just ask her lots of questions about her own background and what she would recommend. And it led me to apply to business school and, you know, really with the focus of transitioning from consulting to marketing and specifically to brand management. Tell me a bit more about the transition from Arthur Anderson to Huron. Did you have different types of projects you were working on between the two firms? I did. I think what I would say was I was pretty junior at Arthur Anderson starting out. So I did kind of go across a lot of different projects. Some of the key ones that I did was like a business interruption model for a steel manufacturer, which was pretty interesting, very data intensive. At Huron, it was Probably also just a bit of a mishmash, but a lot of IP consulting, some general strategy and management consulting. A lot of the partners that were at Anderson, you can imagine this was all through the time of Enron as well. So that was kind of also creating a lot of transition in the consulting world where I was. And so a lot of the partners from Anderson had moved on beyond that company. And Huron was one that I knew a couple of the partners from Anderson that started Huron and went to join them. Right. And what kind of projects did you work on at Huron? Mostly IP, intellectual property cases, and then just a lot of data analysis, different industries, 
Yeah, I'm trying to remember. It was so long ago. (laughs) (laughs) Was any of it marketing-based? No, none of it was marketing-based. No, I really didn't know anything about marketing until I met my mentor, and she would tell me a little bit about that world. That's really interesting. I feel that um, you know more about the history of marketing than I do here, but recent years at least, leaned pretty heavily into the data side of things, which is probably a toolkit that you built out in your consulting days. Do you think that that consulting toolkit has really helped you in your career? Absolutely. Yes. You know, I wasn't scared of big, bad Excel spreadsheets and things like that because I'd been doing that my whole career in consulting. And just the ability to kind of synthesize large amounts of data and tell a story through it, I think is something that maybe people don't realize is a key skill set in marketing and specifically in brand management, but it really is. There's a lot of work that I do now that is grounded in data. And there's a lot of data available if you think about Nielsen and IRI and, you know, all of the consumption data that we look at on sales and, and velocity and distribution and things like that. And you can kind of get overwhelmed by it all. And so one of the key skill sets for brand managers, the ability to distill data and tell a story that you can just speak to versus looking at hundreds and hundreds of numbers. Would you say that brand management is focused within marketing more broadly or what's the difference there? Yeah, well, for me, I think of brand management as really being the general manager of a business. So sometimes I've heard it described as running your own little business within the context of a larger company. And it really is sort of like that. You know, you're responsible for the P&L, so you're responsible for revenue, you're responsible for profit. You're also responsible for the day-to-day operations of the business, so supply chain challenges, sourcing challenges, whatever that might be, you know, those decisions generally in partnership and collaboration with, you know, the subject matter experts that you're working with, but at the end of the day sort of flow through the brand management function, along with innovation, coming up with new ideas, new product concepts figuring out what to take to market, and then actually figuring out how to make it, commercialize it. And then what I think some people may think of as marketing is the advertising piece. And that is also a component of it. But all of those other things are pretty big responsibilities of the role, in addition to kind of coming up with ads and TV and a paid media campaign and things like that. And the brands you've worked with, I imagine that our audience has heard of almost every single one, if not all of them. Can you tell us about your career post-consulting? Sure. Yes. So while I was in business school, you know, very laser focused on transitioning into brand management through my research and just from the people that I spoke to felt like consumer packaged goods, CPG was where I should start my career for brand management, really learn the foundation of that world. And consumer packaged goods companies had a really strong training ground for building brand management skills. So I started my career at Nestle in the confections division. So I worked on my very first role was working on Easter candy. So I was responsible for bringing new Easter products to life. And a lot of that was just innovation and commercialization. So that was super fun. I worked on nerd jelly beans and sweet tart jelly beans and Nestle Crunch bunnies. So yeah, definitely popular brands. That's great. So that's interesting. So the products you were working on are seasonal Were you working on other things at different parts of the year or is the whole year focused on developing and testing these products and they launch and then see how it goes and then spend the rest of the year refining those practices and that product? Yeah, my whole job, 365 days, was about Easter. 
it's funny, a lot of people ask me that question, like, what do you do the rest of the year? But it takes a long time to commercialize projects or products. So you start with the ideas, you have to kind of build a database of ideas that you think would be relevant for consumers or the trends that you might be seeing in that particular holiday. For example, we had one year where we had this insight that a lot of moms like to decorate by color for their baskets for their children. So if your son's favorite color is blue or your daughter's favorite color is green, then you build a whole basket according to that color. But most of that Easter candy that you would see is all multicolored. And so there just wasn't an option to kind of help moms do that. And so I launched single color stand-up bags of jelly beans with cute little designs and rainbows and not rainbows, uh, ribbons that were tied in the specific colors so that moms could then build their basket. But that takes time to kind of come up with the idea, figure out how to make it and manufacture it and then sell it into the retailers. And so it is kind of a year long process. For a brand or a new product, what's the measurement for success? Is it just sales? Yeah, sales is definitely a component. I think profitable sales is another way to look at it. You know, as I mentioned, the, the P&L responsibility is there from top to bottom for us. But also, I think looking at the brand metrics. So is your brand healthy? Are you continuing to stay relevant? Are you on top of the trends? Are you delivering solutions to people that they're looking for? Ideally, you're bringing things to consumers and families that maybe they didn't even know they needed, but you're offering something that is providing a solution or making their lives easier in some way. So there's lots of different ways to kind of measure success, but I kind of think of it as all of those things across all the dimensions of brand management. There's kind of ways to see how your strategy is performing, not just from a sales perspective, but also all of those other kind of metrics that we look at. Yeah, that's interesting. So you're looking for gaps in the marketplace. Like you mentioned, there isn't candies and things that are multicolored. Uh, recognize that to so develop something that, that fills the niche there. That's really interesting. So you spent a couple of years at Nestle. Tell us about the transition out of Nestle and what you did next. Yep. So I went from confections to ice cream. So I spent a few years in Oakland working for Dryer's Ice Cream and worked on Nestle Drumstick and the Outshine Fruit Bars. Really fun businesses to work on, continue to kind of hone my skill set and grow my leadership skills. And at that point, I think I was a brand manager. And then I had the opportunity to move to Cliff Bar um, an old boss of mine had moved to Cliff Bar from Dryers, and he just sent me an email one day and, and said there was this opportunity and I should kind of take a look at it. I wasn't really looking to leave, but Cliff Bar was one of those brands that's so iconic and uh, kind of a leader in the health and wellness space and aligned to kind of my, my values as well from a mission and values-based company. And so it was a very attractive option for me, interviewed and it all kind of worked out very quickly and I made the transition to go to Cliff and worked on the Luna Bar brand actually the whole time that I was at Cliff for about eight and a half years. As a brand manager, what are some of your biggest worries? Is it relevancy of the product? Is it supply chain issues? What keeps you worried? I am trying to answer this question. It's not a cop out, but I would say it's all of those things. I think that's one of the things I really like about world and this job in, in particular is really you, know, you put a strategy out there, you're assessing the health of a business, the health of the brand, and developing strategies and tactics to address whatever those headwinds that you've identified might be. And then you literally spend your days kind of seeing if it's right and if you're moving the needle on a lot of things. And I, I like that challenge. I like having that 
not every single day. It's something different every day. Like you don't know what issue you might be dealing with. You know, things might be totally fine from a supply chain perspective. And then your product gets put on hold and you can't deliver to Walmart or Target. And, you know, that causes a whole other slew of problems. And so then you're kind of tackling that in a given moment or your brand health metrics might be degrading over time and you're kind of worried about relevancy of your brand. And so you're developing things to kind of strengthen the brand and reach more consumers and stay on trend with whatever they're looking for. So it's all of those things. It just really depends which brand you're working on and where in its trajectory it is. But that's kind of the fun of it is it just kind of changes all the time. As a brand manager, do you find yourself spending more time thinking about the packaging and messaging, or do you spend more time thinking about the actual product itself? You know, how big should this cliff bar be inside the package and what ingredients do we need to add? What are you thinking about most of the time? Yeah, I would say for me, the product is sort of the most important thing. It is what you are selling and you want it to deliver and meet expectations, if not exceed expectations of the people who are spending their dollar to purchase that product. So there is a lot of responsibility to make sure that the product is delivering on what consumers and shoppers are looking for. And that changes. I think a lot of companies are worried and I get it. If you've got a huge business built on this particular product, you don't want to change anything. You don't want to mess it up. Why mess with something that's working? But nothing kind of stays as it is and people change and trends evolve and people get more knowledgeable about stuff and your product kind of has to evolve along with that. So I think that's something to always keep your eye on. Is your product kind of staying relevant, whether it's ingredients or flavors or nutritional information, things like that, that you're always kind of wanting to make sure that's at its strongest. Are there a lot of changes in regulations and laws that you have to keep up with around food production and what labels have to look like? Yeah, there is a lot of that. I think depending on the industry you're in, when I was at Cliff Bar, you know, protein claims and organic, things like that have a very specific process that you have to follow and, and kind of steps that you have to take in order to get that certification. So there is a, definitely a component to that. And then what you can actually say on packaging, whether something is natural or healthy, you know, there's a lot of rules and regulations around that. Some of it's very gray. And so some companies can kind of push the envelope a little bit on that, but it just depends on your legal team and your comfort level with how you want to handle that. But yeah, I think depending on the industry, for me at Cliff Bar, we couldn't use the word natural. You can't really use the word healthy to describe products. And so you're always kind of constantly trying to figure out how to convey what you want to say about the product, but also stay within the law. After Cliff, you moved on to Amy's next. Is that right? Yes. I had a short stint actually in consulting in the sense that I just did some independent freelance consulting for a couple of companies. One was a plant-based milk startup. And then I also did about a three-month consulting project with Peloton. And then I moved on to Amy's Kitchen after that. The Peloton project, so that's a very different kind of product than what you've worked with. What were some of the major differences between working on a you know equipment-based product versus a food product? Yeah, that was my one experience kind of outside of the food world, which was fun for me. I will say for me, the Peloton work was really different and kind of a nice change of pace because it wasn't a traditional brand management role. It was more of a strategy role. So I was covering a paternity leave and really working with the team to develop kind of a strategic 
guidelines for launching new products. And so it was similar in the sense that we're still launching new products that are being commercialized. But a lot of that work was driven more by the product team because there was just so much more technical aspects to it versus what I was doing, which was more on the strategy side. But the two definitely have to work together. Like we can only build a strategy if we understand the product itself and what it can do. So there was a lot of cross collaboration, but it was interesting because I felt like it was a little bit more of a narrow focus for me doing that work on the strategy side. What brought you over to Amy's? Well, when I left Cliff and spent some time freelancing, I really just wanted to take a step back and think about what I wanted to do next. Honestly, I I haven't said it yet. I love brand management. I love marketing. So I'm very, very happy with the career change that I made. But when I left Cliff after, you know, eight and a half years, I just really wanted to be thoughtful about the type of place and the type of company and the type of brand that I wanted to go work, work at after. And some of the things that I knew I wanted to do was to work on a brand that I felt was really relevant today and was in line with what consumers were looking for, which I think Amy's Kitchen definitely is. I wanted to stay in sort of the natural organic food space. And I really loved the mission-based, values-based decision-making and kind of leadership that Cliff had and wanted to find a company that had similar values that I could kind of plug into. I've always felt like you spend so much of your day, so much of your life at work. I want it to feel more meaningful than just a top line and a bottom line kind of responsibility and doing something that I know helps the planet or helps my community that I'm in or or however it might be that felt like just something that I didn't want to let go of. And those were kind of the main reasons why Amy's Kitchen was super appealing for me. What are some of your goals for Amy's Kitchen? Well, Amy's Kitchen has been around for over 30 years and has never really invested in marketing. So they've done this amazing job of building a very, very strong, loyal base of consumers with a very strong brand, but not really having done any of the marketing and brand management work behind it. So now I think there's, you know, acknowledgement that the industry is it's changing, it's evolving, there's a lot more competition out there. And the company felt like they were ready to start investing behind marketing and really seeing if we could take the next step for the brand. And so that was also very appealing to me was to come in and sort of build what marketing could look like at Amy's and what version of brand management we wanted to have within the company. So I've been at the company about 18 months and my first year was really structural organization design, you know, introducing the function of brand management in small iterations to the company and then really building out the brand foundations and the strategy from a brand perspective and kind of laying that out on paper, getting alignment across the organization of this is what we want to stand for as a brand. This is what consumers love about Amy's. This is what we need to make sure we keep communicating. And then just identifying kind of the things that we wanted to go after. So it's been a fast year and a half. I can't believe all of the work. When I look back, there's a lot of work that we've been able to do. But really, I just want to unlock the potential of this brand. There's not a lot of people that know about it, even though it is a very well-known brand. Our household penetration is quite low, so we don't actually have the same level of awareness as some of the major brands that you might think of in the frozen aisle, like a Stouffer's or Lean Cuisine. But we should and we can, and we just have to kind of build the strategy to get there. 
So Amy's has lots of different products, but I would say that what I'm most familiar with is the soup line. What goes into bringing out a new flavor of soup? Yeah, well, you know, Amy's is very unique. The founders still own the business and are very involved. And one of the taglines that Amy's has had over the years is we love to cook for you. And that is very true. You know, it's really from their heart and their kitchen and their dining table of how they think about it. And they come up with products from their friends, their family, going to restaurants and traveling abroad, and they'll taste something that they just love, and they'll come back and try to figure out how to make that. Or they'll work with one of their employees, may run a restaurant, and you know, someone in their family is a chef, and so they'll kind of collaborate in a lot of different ways. It, there's no specific process, I would say, which can be challenging in its own way, but also it's just fun. You know, any idea is, is welcome and anyone can have a great idea about a product flavor or product idea. So, yeah, I would say it comes from many different places, but generally the founders have a very strong footprint on innovation. That's really cool. I bet that keeps things exciting. One last question for you, Ruthie. So I'd imagine that a lot of people get excited about brand management like, like you did, but there's a gap between the consulting world, perhaps, especially, you know, the operations, strategy, you know, live in Excel, PowerPoint type of consulting and brand management. Do you have any advice for folks that are yes, first looking to get some exposure or want to know if brand management is something that they would like before they really pursue that? path? And then if they do decide that's a path they want to pursue, how do you recommend they go about tackling that? Yeah, I think my advice would be to really just talk to a lot of people. That's kind of how I've found it to be the most helpful for me is to just join industry groups. If you can join a board or you can join a leadership development organization or LinkedIn has so many groups within different industry functions and just try to meet people and hear about from their own experiences. I just think that goes so far to understand what does the job actually look like and what do people actually do on a day-to-day basis and what do they like and what don't they like? Because there's always going to be aspects of work that maybe you like better than others and seeing the whole picture I think is important. I would also say that can help you decipher what kind of marketing you would be interested in if that's the direction you want to go. Like brand is kind of a very specific path. And the path I took was to go back to school in order to make that career transition and get an internship at a consumer packaged goods company where there's training and development for new brand marketing associates. And then you can build your career through there. Obviously, startups and smaller companies don't necessarily require you to have an MBA and, and go through that path, but the job might look different. You know, it may not look like a traditional brand management role. So I think figuring out which path you are more interested in and if it is the more kind of traditional marketing going to business school path, then it's a little bit more straightforward in that sense. Like for me, I knew CPG was the target. So, you know, I was talking to General Mills, I was talking to Clorox, I was talking to Nestle and getting exposed to those types of companies. If you're not going down that path, I think it's a lot more open. You don't necessarily need to go to business school. It might be a little bit harder to break into the industry because if you don't have that experience, that could be a different type of a challenge, but then you're also not stopping your career and going to business school for two years. (laughs) That's excellent. I really appreciate that advice, Rizu, and thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you. This was a pleasure. Thank you so much.